Hi, dads. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and you're listening to the Bedatitudes podcast. This is episode nine, where we take a look at what blessed are the dads who are meek means to our relationships with our wives and how it gives us a healthy sense of what servant leadership actually is. Now, let's just recap briefly. Um, the last time we were talking, I mentioned that the idea of meekness uh, isn't weakness, right? That meekness um, is taken from the Greek word praus, which means uh, the a well-trained war horse, right? So a horse that's not easily spooked in battle and responds instantly to his its rider's commands. Uh, and we want to be that kind of war horse as we charge into battle for the Lord, right? But we're not charging into battle on our own. Now, the horse can't win the battle by himself. Uh, the rider, Jesus Christ, has to be in charge, and we need to be listening to that rider. We need to be able to not be terrified by what's going on around us and easily spooked. Uh, we need to be able to attend to the rider asking us to go to the left or go to the right or charge ahead or fall back when the rider asks us to do those things. And so meekness is that that skill, that quality uh, that enables us to attend to what our master, our heavenly father is asking us to do in the moment. Um, and so how does this apply to our relationship with our wife then? It goes to the heart of servant leadership. And most of us have heard that phrase, but it's, it's kind of a confusing phrase. You know, am I a servant? Am I a leader? What does it mean to be both at the same time? What does it look like in practice? You know, well, let's start with uh, scripture here. Ephesians 523 says the husband is the head of the wife, just like Christ is the head of the church. Well, that sounds promising. I get to boss my wife around. Well, it doesn't mean that, but, but our head should, because our headship isn't absolute, right? Christ is the head of the home. In fact, the verse before that says, defer to one another out of reverence for Christ. He's speaking to, to husbands and wives there, defer to one another out of reverence for Christ. So Christ is the actual head of our home. Well, if Christ is the head of our home, what's my role as head of my wife? Well, it, my job is to lead her to Christ and my children as well, of course, but we're focus, focusing on marriage in this episode. Um, and what does it say here? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present himself to Present to himself the church in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. This is Ephesians 5, 25-27. Uh, we are to love our wives as our own bodies. That's Ephesians 28. Now, this all kind of gives us a little bit of a hint uh, at what to do, but, but I want to unpack it a little bit. Right? So, our job is to submit to Christ first, like we were talking about in the last episode. Uh, of being able to be meek, to attend to what the, the Lord is saying to us at any given time. Um, but then what? How does that order our relationship with our wife? Well, it doesn't mean that we go off to a mountain somewhere and God gives us the Ten Commandments of our marriage and family life, and then we present them to our wife and children and say, Thus saith the Lord, listen to me. What, what being uh, the spiritual head of the household means is being the facilitator of the process by which prayerful discernment goes on in my family by which, you know, uh, by which prayerful discernment goes on between my wife and I so that we can both get our needs met, but in godly, healthy ways. You know, um, when you serve on a board, whether that's in a corporation or a nonprofit, 
uh, or even just a local charity, you know, your parish, when you serve on a board, especially if you're the chairman of the board, you don't get to dictate what the agenda is or what the action steps are from a particular meeting. As the chairman of the board, you're the facilitator of the process by which the agenda is arrived at and by which action steps are taken. That's what you are as servant leader. You're not the decision maker. You're the chief facilitator of the process by which you and your wife and your children discern what God is calling you to. And just like a good chairman of a board, you have to listen to all the other board members to come to that place, right? Well, so being a good servant leader at home means first that we are doing our best to listen to what God is telling us. But again, we don't assume that those that whatever God tells us are the Ten Commandments coming down from the mountain. The next step is we have to go to our wife and say, you know, what's the Lord telling you? Uh, and, and, and maybe she doesn't know. It's enough sometimes to listen to what's on her heart, you know, because God speaks to us through our hearts, especially when we're praying about it, but, but even when we're not. Um, and when our wife tells us, look, this is what's on my heart for myself or for my family. These are my needs. These are my concerns. The, the, these are the things that I feel we need to be doing in order for our family to be stronger, our marriage to be stronger, me to be healthier and happier and holier. We need to hear that now, but that doesn't mean that, um, that we just say yes to everything. Okay. I honestly, I, I say this in the book, um, I, I, and I'm joking sort of, but I really believe there's kind of a special place in hell for people who say that the secret to a happy marriage is saying yes, dear, that drives me crazy. You know, godly men are not called to be milk toast. Godly men are not called to just roll over and say, yeah, whatever you want, honey. Uh, because you know what? That means we're checking out of the marriage. That means that we don't really care. Um, and, and, and God wants more from us than that. You know, at the same time, we're not dictators. Like I, like I say, again, in the book, and I've mentioned earlier, we're not, we're not part-time pagan deities of our households. We don't just get to command everybody and have them do what they do, what we tell them to do. Um, it, it's, it's more about listening and facilitating that prayerful relationship. So my wife comes to me and says she needs something, you know, assuming that need that she expresses um, isn't uh, objectively immoral or demeaning in some way, I'm obliged to help her figure out how to meet that need. Now, sometimes it's clear what to do to meet that need. It just makes me uncomfortable. Well, that's an opportunity for me to get over myself, right? I, I have to believe, right, that God gave me this woman because he's, he recognizes that I wouldn't grow and change to be the man he needs me to be if I didn't have this woman in my life. And so by listening to her needs and concerns and doing those things that she asks me to do, even when it makes me uncomfortable, I'm actually listening to the voice of God challenge me to grow and change in ways that I'd never grow and change if it wasn't for him placing her in my life. So if it's clear what to do to meet, the, meet that need that she's expressing to me, and the need she's expressing to me isn't you know, immoral or, or demeaning in some way, then I'm obliged to step out of my comfort zone and love her more than I love my comfort zone. But often it's not clear what the best way to meet a particular need is. Or she says to me, I need X. And I say, yeah, but if I give you X, I don't know how to meet Y, which is really important to me. Well, then that's where the process of discernment comes in. And that's when I say that I need to be that facilitator of the process where I become the servant leader and say, well, honey, I, I think those are really important needs that you're expressing. 
I want to help you get everything that you need to be healthy and holy and happy. Uh, I'm not sure how to give you that and do this thing that's really important to me. Let's pray about it. Let's ask God to show us what to do and how we can get those both sets of needs met and take care of each other while we figure it out. And then I lead the process of prayer where we go to God together. And, and whether we use formal prayer or more informal prayer, the intention behind the prayer, the, the, the voice behind the prayer is, you know, Lord, you know, I know what I need and she knows what she needs. And, and we're not sure how to figure out how to get both sets of needs met. But, but help us to figure out what, how you would put that together and help us to take care of each other while we're figuring it out. I'm facilitating that process as a servant leader. I don't have the answers, but I know how to get the answers. I don't have the answers, but I know the process by which God will give us the answers. And I'm going to lead you, wife, to the place where we can pray together and discern together what those answers are going to be. And, And I'm honest with God and I'm honest with my wife that these needs are really important to me. And, and I acknowledge that those needs are really important to you. And I haven't the first clue how to figure out how to get it all met. But God does. So let's go to him together. And we, we, we pray out loud to God and we, we talk to him together, my wife and I, and we ask him to teach us. Right? And as we're talking to God, as each of us is taking our turns talking to God and expressing our frustration or our, our hopes and dreams or our concerns, um, and, and what, what our current thoughts are about the thing, talking to him as if we were talking to our best friend or a, a faithful counselor who knew us well and loved us both. Um, we're listening to each other too and asking God, you know, Lord, help me hear what you want me to hear as my wife is talking, right? And, and help me to hear what you're saying to me through my feelings and through my experience too. And then we use that prayer as a springboard for further conversations about, well, you know, as you were talking, honey, and I was really trying to pray through that, this is what occurred to me. What do you think about this idea? And then step by step, because we're bringing those needs to God every day, asking him to teach us, he's leading us step by step to a new plan that allows us to both work together, my wife and I, to come up with a solution that satisfies both sets of needs. That doesn't happen overnight. But it does happen. And, and, you know, people sometimes wonder, well, you know, does God really care about, you know, I don't know how, how often we visit my mother-in-law? Does God really care about where we go on vacation? And it's like, well, I mean, theoretically, you could say no, but of course he does. He cares about all of that. But why does he care about all of that? He cares about all of those things, first of all, because he loves you. But second of all, because in discerning those, ting- thing, those things with your wife and coming to God, you draw closer to him by bringing those needs to him. It doesn't matter how big or small the question is. God wants to be part of it because he wants to be part of every part of you. That's why he gave us communion so that it wasn't a cell of our bodies that was separated from him. He wants every part of you. And so where you go on vacation and how you discipline the kids and, and how you pray together and, and what you do on the weekend, uh, what restaurant you go. I mean, all those things, I mean, as silly as they might sound, God cares about them and he wants to be part of you and part of your life. And so the more you're facilitating this process, the more God is giving you answers to your questions, but also drawing you closer to him and to each other. So that's what being meek in your marriage means. It doesn't mean giving your wife everything she asks for. It doesn't mean uh, not giving your wife everything, anything she asks for. It means facilitating the process whereby the two of you learn to listen to your master so that you can turn left 
or write or charge ahead or fall back as he asks you to, so that you can create a battle plan together that allows you to be God's witness of love through your marriage to each other and in the world. Um, I'll throw out one last point here. You know, instead of doing this, what most of us do is we try to make a ruling on whose needs are really important. And we'll say, you know, well, there are needs and there are wants. And when we talk about needs, we usually think of basic needs like food, shelter, safety, um, you know, water, (laughs) those kinds of things. And those are basic needs. Um, But those aren't all the needs. Those are just basic needs. Those are survival needs. And we have a tendency to think that, you know, there are survival needs and then everything else is just a want. Okay, so what I want to do is talk a little bit very briefly about the about what needs and wants are, you know. um, The theology of the body, St. John Paul's theology of the body teaches us essentially that biology is theology, right? Because we can see God's fingerprints all over our all over creation, especially the way God made us. So what does that have to do with this? Well, biologically speaking, a need is anything that allows an organism to achieve homeostasis. Homeostasis is optimal functioning. It's basically when all of my internal systems are in balance and I am in balance with my environment. So when I've achieved that kind of state of of good balance, I'm said to have homeostasis. Now, so a need is anything that allows me to do that, right? A need isn't just what allows me to survive. It allows, a need is what allows me to thrive, And so God has given us our needs, not just to live, not just to survive, but to thrive, right? The glory of God is man fully alive, says St. Irenaeus. And so it's not a matter of, well, you know, are your needs more important than my needs or are these particular needs more important than those? No, all needs are equally important. Well, what's the difference between a need and a want? A need is the what, okay? It's the thing that's going to Help me be that healthier, happier, holier person. A want is the way I prefer to meet that need, right? So the need is the what, the want is the how or the when. So I, that, that I want X, that, that I need X, okay, is, is, should not be questioned. You know, I need this. Now, how the timetable we go about getting that and or the means by which we go about getting that and the when the timetable we use, I could be flexible about that. I need to be flexible about that. Problems come in when we confuse the what and the how and the when. Right. When we say I need this thing and I need it at this time and in this way. Well, I've now conflated my what, my how and my when. And that's an impossible problem to solve. So anytime you do that, you want to step back and ask, well, either yourself or your or your wife. Well, help me understand, you know, by pursuing that thing or pursuing it that way, what would that do for you? How how would that benefit you? How would that make your life better? The answer to that question is the what? It's the need. It's, okay, by doing this, this is what I would get. So then you can pray and discern and talk about the how and the when from there, but you know what the what is. So my point in bringing this up is I want you to avoid arguments about the what. I want you to stop trying to convince your wife that what she wants doesn't really matter, or for that matter, letting her talk you out of the things that are important to you, right? A need is anything that allows you to function as a healthier, happier, holier human being. That could be anything, but what you need to be flexible about the how and the when, and that's what we're bringing to God. Hey, Lord, here is my what. Here is my wife's what. 
Help us to figure out the how and the when that will enable us to get both of these wants met, these what's met, and glorify you. And help us to take care of each other while we do it. The more we facilitate that process, the more we become servant leaders who are rooted in meekness, that ability to hear what the, what the master is saying to us in the moment, who, who, who we're not afraid of conflict. We're not afraid of losing. We're not afraid of not getting our needs met or being stretched too much by giving into our, giving our wife's, our wife what she needs. We're not, we're not afraid of the battle of, of building stronger relationship. We're steady and we're strong in the face of all that conflict and scary stuff, right? But we're listening to what the heavenly master is asking us to do in the face of that. And we're bringing it all to him, trusting that he's going to lead us through that process. And in doing so, we'll be able to lead our wife and our family ultimately through that process as well, so that we can understand what the uh, what the unique and unrepeatable family life that God is calling us to, what, what unique and repeatable, unrepeatable marriage God is calling us to. And that is the key to how we can, through meekness, become healthy servant leaders in our marriage. If you want to learn more, check out my book, The Bedatitudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. I'd love for you to also make sure that you're commenting uh, any insights or questions you have uh, on the Catholic Home app. Uh, Of course, the Everyone's Home uh, forum is for all free members, Uh, but we do deeper dives on on the Home Builders forum for premium members. And if you haven't signed up to be a premium member, I hope you will, because we'd love to have you be part of those conversations and access all those resources that will enable you to take your family to a deeper level, and build a truly dynamic domestic church life. May God bless you and your families. Thanks for tuning in. St. Joseph, pray for us.